Lewis knows. Lewis knows what? My dirty little secret. You're Canadian? Ha ha ha. No, he knows that I didn't go to Harvard. No, he doesn't. How can you be so sure about this? Because you're walking with me right now. He did this whole Harvard trivia thing, and then he brought up this pizza, and I... Nah, it doesn't mean he knows. Look, I think we need to hack into Harvard's system or something, you know, put my records in. Can't. I'm booked this weekend. I'm breaking into Fort Knox. I gotta return some stolen doubloons. Okay, hilarious. I'm serious. Listen, nobody's gonna check into your past unless you give them reason to. Lewis is devious, but he's not bold. He won't think we did this because he'd never think to do it himself. You're gonna get lit up. What just happened? You got lit up. Damn Now you're asking to get lit up. Somebody wants to get lit up. Welcome back. This is case number four for the Get Lit Up podcast. And we are talking about dirty little secrets. This is season one, episode four of Suits. Suits. And it was what? July 14th. 2011, the original air date, so there we are. So with me, as always, the lovely and talented Brandy. How you doing? Hello, hello. And what are you up to these days? Oh, not much. Loving that the Cowboys won yesterday, so pretty, pretty happy about that. Yes, of course, we are in... Texas. So between the Cowboys and the Rangers, they both won yesterday. And the Yes, that was pretty awesome. My Packers did not play, so we don't have to fight today. So it's it's okay. Well yeah. We'll we'll leave it at that. <laughs> it's a okay. But we are here to talk about episode number four of the first season of Suits <coughs> called Dirty Little Secrets. This one, like, right out of the gate, we played it off the top of the show. Right out of the gate, they're doing Harvard trivia. And this is one of those places where Mike could potentially get tripped up, if not for his awesome mind, because he knows all the trivia there is to know. But what trips him up, Brandy? Oh, my gosh. It was the pizza that they all, that every Harvard student knows about because they're always up late studying. Precisely. This was like when I was at the University of Texas, everybody knew Double Dave's. It was right across the street from campus. They had the pepperoni rolls that nobody else had. Everybody knew Double Dave's. And if somebody were to not get a question right, I would have to wonder, you know, where do you get the where do you get the world famous pepperoni rolls if you're studying late? Double Dave's. If you don't know the answer to that, then I'm suspicious as to your pedigree at the University of Texas. 
So well, and when he said, "Oh, I I'm a red meat guy. I like hamburgers," and I was just like, "Okay, he would have to have zero friends, zero contact with anyone to not know about pizza." It was crazy. I felt bad for him. I well, ugh, Pinocchio's with a name like Pinocchio's. How do you? Oh, anyway, that's one of those things where it should have thrown up all kinds of red flags for Lewis, but he salvages himself at the end when they ask the question about how many Supreme Court justices there were or are, and the winner says, or the person says five. Yeah, that's correct, but he remembers from episode number one that there are six justices that attended Harvard because Ruth Bader Ginsburg did attend Harvard. She just graduated from Columbia. So technically... Yeah, he quickly he quickly redeemed himself on that one. Right. In law, in the law, you must be precise. And that was enough to let Lewis give him the victory and his first case. Yeah, I was very, I was like, oh, good one, Mike, good one. Good, yeah, good, good comeback, good comeback. I was, I kept looking for some kind of suspicious look on Lewis's face that was like, piqued his interest or anything. And I was like, well, could have gone either way because I was really starting to sweat for Mike. I was like, uh oh. So was I for a second, right? And then Lewis didn't just gave him the file and just kind of gave him this knowing glance of, yeah, hey, good job, kid. And you kind of, you realized, ah, he may be out of trouble, but he walks straight over to Harvey and says, Lewis knows, Lewis knows. (laughs) But yeah, that's what you heard off the top of the show. Lewis, Lewis knows, but he doesn't know because he's, he's devious, but he's not bold. And he couldn't if he couldn't think of doing this himself, then he's not going to be suspicious of it. So they're probably well, and I think in the clear. Too, um, Lewis was more like, yeah, that's my associate or one of my associates. And, you know, he treats them like, you know, they're his firstborn. So if they know. Yeah, exactly. Until they until they mess him up or lose a case or do something stupid, then he chastises them vehemently. <laughs> but yes, I know. So that's like close call number two for Mike. If you're scoring at home, because we had that one episode where he was going in to get his pee test and had to remember, oh, Mitchell. Yeah, Mitchell, that guy. Yeah. Yes. Lewis's Mm -hmm. cousin. Yes. So anyway, he gets a case and he gets a pro bono case of his own, which is housing court. And we'll get into housing court in a little bit, but. It seems like it's really not that big a deal for him to get housing court because, well, we'll hear some of the things that Harvey or who else, I think Rachel makes a comment, Harvey makes a comment. Anyway, it, it's it's fun little stuff with housing court there, but we'll we'll see how Mike does here in a little bit. But we switch over to after Harvey and Mike were talking about how Lewis is bold. Lewis is not bold. He doesn't know. Lewis see. I mean, I'm sorry, Harvey sees across the way that Jessica is getting awful familiar with Quentin Sainz in, in her office. So what is this about? Yeah, I saw that. In the- I was like, oh, who is this guy? They were holding hands. They looked really familiar. Harvey walks in. Yes, he knows she has a case for him. Harvey really kind of 
once he takes a look at it, he really warns Jessica, hey, this is this is, you know, failure waiting to happen. This is just not going to look good because there are there's already media coverage around people who are being killed by this drug that his Quentin's company is manufacturing. And so the idea is, well, we have to defend him against this, right? This this lawsuit against a against people who say they've got these side effects with liver damage. Yeah, I thought that was pretty crazy. And I was, you know, curious as to how it was going to play out because Herbie already knew and saw all the red flags all around it. And then Jessica really drops the bomb when she says, well, it's my ex-husband and you're going to take it and you're going to win it. <laughs> and it's And it's all because his current girlfriend... Lisa Parker, who she says they didn't start seeing each other until after they were separated. At least Jessica says that. They, they, she said, Jess, you know, Lisa doesn't want me on the case, so you've got to take it. Harvey just doesn't have any interest in it whatsoever because his big thing is you're going to interfere with me because that's your ex husband. I know that that's going to happen. So. Right. That's yeah, that's it. You know, late. Here's the funny thing, right, is is later on, he gives her a wedding gift. <laughs> he says, well, you know, this it's a little bit late because I never knew that you were married. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty hysterical, too. And and then Jessica was like, well, we never do talk about our personal lives. Right. Yeah, that's that's one of those. Well, you know, Harvey doesn't really talk too much about it, but. Jessica really is guarded by it. So that's how that gets started. And then our other plot line that's weaving through here that we talked about a little bit earlier starts to get rolling with Mike going up against Johnny Karinsky, who's a slumlord, basically. But he, he's not really a slumlord. As it, as it turns out, all he's really trying to do is drive people out of his buildings so that he can get them redone, a fact that they will come to a little bit later. But it turns out that this guy has a a bed bug problem. And that once is the worst disgusting problem oh, to ever have. I yeah, I, I you know we're obviously I've been fortunate enough not to have any kind of issue like that, but I've known people that did. And I yeah yeah, it's awful. And when they show scenes of books wrapped in plastic wrap, if people don't, if you guys don't know this, bed bugs get in everything, like the crevices of the book. It, they'll hide, they hide in the tapestry of furniture where it's like stapled underneath. And I only know this because I know a pest, con a pest control guy and that's what he would tell me. And it is absolutely... Just you, um, you literally have to get rid of everything. It's disgusting. That's what I've heard when <clears throat> my a uh, friend of mine, who didn't live anywhere near us, it was um, he was uh, he was oh man, where the hell was he in Colorado or think or somewhere? Anyway, his kids brought in as best he can figure. His kids brought in bed bugs from somewhere else that was infested. And once they get in, they just start multiplying and, and yeah. But oh, yeah, it's terrible. He ultimately had to have 
his house like completely air sealed and they rose the temperature of the house up to something insane like 105 or 110 degrees inside the house to kill the bed bugs because they mm-hmm. can't they can't handle a certain temperature and then once they did that they were able to eradicate it but <laughs> man I, I i i don't know that i would trust that if they get into the i don't know what happens if they get into the attic and the insulation and all that but yeah i mean that's yeah, something exactly that, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So I think they, I would just put my house up for sale and move. <laughs> right. Right. So that was that was the whole problem. And he was, you know, I had this problem. I had air conditioning went out, water, all this these things that he had to do to pay for. And Mike's argument was, well, <clears throat> you had to pay for all this, so that is okay for you not to pay rent. He goes to the housing office, he says, one, that he's Harvey, and two, that we're going to, you know, make sure that our client is, is made whole because you're not letting us speak to a supervisor, all that she tries. He tries to threaten her and threaten her, and he's and she's just, like, throwing it right back at Mike. Sure, you can file this form like every other lawyer does and come back and talk next Wednesday. <laughs> oh, exactly. And then if it doesn't happen Wednesday, it'll be next Thursday. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, that was funny. Yep. So, so he goes with Frank, and they're going to go and inspect his apartment. They meet Karinsky, and he's threatening to kick out Frank for refusing to pay the rent. Mike was like, hey, this is legal, right? Because the apartment's uninhabitable. But he doesn't prove that in court. He hasn't proved that in court. So he gets the eviction notice anyway, right? Well, you've got, what is it, 48 hours or one week, or I don't remember what it was, but. The, and then I, Frank wouldn't even walk in the apartment. He attempted to, and he backed off real quick. Yeah. It's funny that way, right? So mm-hmm. there's something else going on. We don't know that yet, but we'll find out. So we cut back to Harvey. The next scene is back to Harvey, and we're, we're talking to Quentin and his girlfriend, Lisa, talking about the ALS drug death. And... I guess Quentin is explaining that there are six patients that have various health issues. They're using his drug as a scapegoat after all these other people have never had any drug issues. And they've put in like $139 million and he was about to go bankrupt. And they're saying that, you know, the comparing this to that is like, well, because they were drinking coffee on the Titanic and that's why it sunk. Mm-hmm. Pop culture reference. There you go, but that's just didn't that just didn't really sit too well with me, right? The coffee made Leo DiCaprio go in the water. Eh. Uh, you know, there's <laughs> always something else at play when it comes to drug manufacturers. So I, I don't even think that 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 Harvey and Mike bought it. No, I don't think they did either. And they know that something bigger is going on. They just have to get to the bottom of it and realize that. Not everybody's being as honest as as they claim to be. Yes, so it's not like House, where they walk in saying everybody's a liar, right? The, the, the TV show House I'm talking about. They try to believe their clients, but this one just kind of smells off from the very beginning. And when when Quentin tries to argue that the that this particular you know, the media is trying to put him out of business and the, the and the claims they're making are baseless. Well, let me kind of take that with a 
with a grain of salt. And Mike goes back to talk to Harvey and says, hey, there's a there's a bed bug problem. Mike immediately is like, are you wearing my suit? <laughs> this was so funny. And Mike has one leg tucked in the sock. And so it's not getting caught up in the chain of the bike. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> I totally missed that. I didn't even I didn't even see that. He's making fun of Harvey. We didn't really need to talk about this whole three-piece suit thing. And and then Mike tells Harvey that the apartment had bed bugs and said, you know, after he's talking about the three-piece suit not being, hey, you know, we really need to talk about your fashion and Harvey's immediately like, yeah, says the guy with the bike helmet. Right. He's but, like, yeah, we need to talk about this best thing. Yeah. Harvey wants to fire Donna now for allowing Mike to use the suit, and he owes him another suit because he's not going to take that suit back now that it's been to a bedbug-infested apartment. So, yeah, all that plays into them going to meet Mike, and or I'm sorry, meet Quentin, and they're meeting with the Colin Church, who's a lawyer that is uh, representing the uh, other side for the ALS drug. They give him a settlement offer. Colin refuses it and saying, hey, this has to be a lot higher because the client or my clients were lied to about the company because of the side effects. And he demands $250 million, which Quentin is like, that's going to put me out of business. There's no way I can do that. Right. He rejects it spot off. And this is where we kind of start to see little quivers, I guess, or chinks in the armor. I think I don't know, but. Well, and Harvey had it, or actually, I think it was, oh, no, Harvey had said, well, with our, with our calculations and everything they've had to go through, then, you know, a human's life undergoing all of this would be $7.9 million. And then that's when the other attorney was like, well, we're demanding 250 And then Mike was like, well, if you really want to get technical, a human's life, you know, is worth 143000 blah, 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 blah. If, you know, if they're, if they're healthy. And I was like, oh, ching. <laughs> I remember that. And then Colin comes back and says, well, you might want to tell your child this. And Mike, the look on Mike's face. <laughs> he flipped him off. <laughs> exactly. Was, right. Like, rubbing his eye. Flipping him <laughs> rubbing off. his eye with his middle finger. Yeah, that was. <laughs> you get a lot of that, you know, little things like that in the show that really kind of make you laugh. And Harvey warns the the other attorney that, hey, it's libelous. If, if you are going to put this in the paper, which he, he reveals a poster with printed details of the side effects that he's going to put in the paper. And Harvey's like, hey, that's that's a libel suit right there. Right. And but Colin is really kind of just saying, hey, you know what? We're willing to go to the end of the earth to make your client pay up and take responsibility for what happens but Harvey's not having it. He's like, no, nah, you're not going to extort me. And he leaves with Quentin. But Collins, of course, is, is making sure that that uh, Quentin and Harvey know that, hey, this is this $250 million is is going to come my way in four days. Otherwise, you're going to see that in the paper. Yeah, so I don't know. It's <clears throat> I don't know what's going to happen there. We'll see in a second. But this is the first time also when they're walking out that Mike and Harvey talk and, and – and Mike is, uh, what does Harvey say to Mike? He's like, uh, hey, you know what? Forget that. It's housing court. My grandmother could win in housing court. <laughs> yeah, Mike was really starting to stress out about it. He's like, oh, 
my grandmother could win. And then he go and he's stressing out to Rachel too. And Rachel's like, I could win in housing court. Really? <laughs> exactly. She's a, she's a paralegal. <laughs> I could win there. So I think Mike is, Mike is starting to feel the pressure a little bit of, of, from, from his, from his peers, but we'll see how that goes because he's about to run into Vivian Tanaka. However, before that happens, Harvey goes and talks to Jessica and Jessica is pissed off at Harvey for refusing the settlement offer. So yeah, I, you know, I'm not sure what I'm not sure what Jessica really had to gain by wanting him to to take the settlement offer because I mean seriously that's that's 250 million that's going to put Quentin out of business. So I don't know why he would take that. Well, I think Jessica's whole thing was for Quentin is, you know, she's got an emotional attachment there and she just wants it, you know, done, finished, over with. So, because she still really doesn't know everything about Quentin and Lisa right now. Um, she just wants it done and over so that way they can get on with, you know, either rebuilding or whatever it is they have to. Right. I mean, Mike is still in the room when this happens, by the way. And so, you know, she's she's saying dead patients are a small fraction, blah, blah. And, and Mike is like, okay, this is getting awkward. And he just kind of slithers out. That's where that's where the little flirt happened with Rachel, that, <laughs> saying that she could win in health oh, court, yeah. which is kind of funny. So the funny thing is, we get to court and Vivian Tanaka walks in and and is like, "Well, I'm your first, <laughs> Mike's first. Yeah. And he's talking to the client too. Well, how does this go? Well, you know, the judge comes out and you know we say some stuff and it's like you've never done this before, have you? No. <laughs> Yeah, I'm ner- I'm super nervous for Mike because you know we can we've all had that moment where we're sitting in front of you know an audience and we're like uh and you're just you're like well I'll just wing it and then when the moment comes you're like oh I don't know what I'm gonna say I'm I guess I'll try and wing it now exactly and that doesn't go too well for him whatsoever because Vivian runs circles around him and and's like, well, you know, you didn't pay rent in lieu of it not being habitable, so I'm sure you placed the money in escrow, right? Because that's what you have to do. That's the accepted practice. And the judge is like, yes, that is, and therefore you have, correct? Uh, well, Your Honor, no, we haven't. Uh, you can't afford that. Well, bang, eviction notice is is upheld. So Mike loses immediately. Yeah. Poor Mike. He was like, um, escrow? Huh? Huh? What? <laughs> Deer in the headlights. Right. So the first person to chastise Mike is, of course, Lewis. <laughs> Mike tries to save face a little bit, but nope, he, he didn't. He didn't do it. And Lewis is like, you know, I gave you an easy case because that's what can help your reputation a little bit. But losing that case is going to do a whole lot more damage to your reputation than, you know, I we really just expected you to win that case. Yeah, tail tucked between his legs. I felt pretty bad for him. Yes. And so we get back to the Quentin case with the ALS drug and they find a little deal that shows that Colin has done multiple 
lawsuits against various pharmaceutical companies and then, in fact, says, well, look, this plaintiff happens to be the same plaintiff in number one and number seven. So recycling plaintiffs, recycling arguments, and it looks it looks pretty good. The argument looks pretty good. It looks to be working. And then all of a sudden, Colin comes back and says, oh, by the way, if there was going to be fraud committed, there was a real good financial motivation behind this because I uh, just agree. Look, look at these financials. It, this company was about to go into bankruptcy before all of a sudden the drugs release created this financial windfall. And Mike is looking like, what the fuck? He didn't give me, I asked him five times. He didn't give me the, the documents that I requested for the, you know, for the financials. Yeah, I was, I was feeling pretty, I felt like he was just being super shady at this point and was like, why is Jessica sticking up for this douche and asking him, asking Harvey to take this case and win it and, or even settle when they don't even have all the cards to play. No, they didn't. And I, I, at this point, I don't know if Jessica knows more than she's letting on. Quentin obviously doesn't seem to be above board to me at this point, too. You know, you think it's shady. I'm just, you know, something is just off here. Something smells just bad. Harvey loses. Mike loses. Jessica decides, you know what? If you can't do this, I'm just going to take the case myself. And he completely, you know, just disappointed her. And his lack of faith in Quentin just doesn't even, you know, factor into the equation as far as she's concerned. She, you know, he needs to believe him and be fighting for him. And it's obvious to me that this is really personal for Jessica more than more than it should be. Right. I got the same gathering, too. And that's why I was just, you know, you, you it leaves you wondering does she know or does she not know? Is she covering this up? Is she not? Is she didn't even reveal to Harvey that they were married way before this other than, hey, I want you to take this case and um, his girlfriend doesn't want me taking it. Well, why is that? You know, and just made, it just really made you wonder what else she was hiding. Yes. They're walking out of the office. Harvey's talking about being blindsided for not getting his financials and Harvey now gives Mike shit for losing housing court, but but he's like, I was facing this Vivian Tanaka. She's not exactly housing court. And Harvey realizes immediately, whoa, 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 whoa. If, if Vivian Tanaka is not any just trivial player. So if she's involved, that means that this guy is up to something and he's just trying to get rid of people. And they put two and two together to say, all right, this guy's going condo. He wants to redo his buildings and go condos and take his... $200,000 and turn it into $1.5 million per unit because he can. And, and if he does that by getting everybody out, then that's his motivation. So now all of a sudden they're, they kind of pivot a little bit in their legal strategy. And Mike is off to try and prove this with Rachel. And this is where things start to get interesting. Oh, I thought this was adorable when they posed as a married couple looking for a luxurious home in an upscale neighborhood. And it was so cute to watch Rachel squirm when, when, you know, Mike would refer to her, honey, honey. Oh, my wife is so, you know, this and that. It was so cute. I know my beautiful wife and he would put his arm around her and she would just kind of slither out a little bit. 
yeah. <laughs> oh, and giving this look like, oh, that's it. <laughs> yes. So I thought that that was really funny. Even though it was a short scene, I thought it was really funny. And the, the whole point of it was that they wanted to get contacts for the people that lived in that building before it was renovated. That was the whole idea of trying to get those, of trying to get to those, those people. You don't see them talk to those people, but you know what happened because it comes back later. So I thought that was very clever on their part because I really didn't think that, you know, they would allow that where you could talk to other tenants before moving there. It it stands to reason that you, I guess you can, if you're trying to sell somebody on a high dollar unit that you don't, you know, you don't think there are any problems with. And I'm sure that this woman wasn't involved in the whole bed bug scandal of, of trying to get people out, but you know, she went ahead and allowed it anyway. And so that's happening. You know, that's happening in the background while we go back to Jessica and Quentin who are talking at Central Park now to kind of clear the air about their divorce. And Jessica confronts him about him lying during the divorce because she finds out that he actually had started seeing Lisa before they were separated. And this is not the best thing in the world because now she's confronting him about being a liar. Yeah, and I'm sure this is making her question everything else about the lawsuit and about their relationship during the marriage, during the separation, divorce, etc. Absolutely everything. And that's the other thing she demands to know. What other secrets do you have? Jerk off. What ha- what have you hidden for me? Why, you know, why why do I not know or what do I not know? If I'm going to continue fighting this lawsuit for you, you've got to you've got to come clean. You've got to tell everything. And you, this doesn't happen on screen. But she goes to meet with Harvey right after this. And they have drinks, and she reveals to Harvey that Quentin is dying from ALS. Yeah, my, I, I mean, I had immediate goosebumps when she told Harvey that because my heart just dropped, and it just really changed the whole perspective on the case, and you know what they were doing and what was behind it, and so forth. Right. ALS is one of those insidious diseases that just is degenerative. It's Lou Gehrig's disease. And <clears throat> if you were to see people, you know, they lose the they, they lose the functionality of their limbs. It, it's really, really a terrible disease. And that's where Harvey and Jessica turn up the heat on Lisa. And they're able to get Lisa to say, well, you know what? We had a problem. There was one person that that developed liver liver problems, and I kicked him out of the trial. And yeah, it was all- yeah, I think with some trials, you can't have more than five, I believe. And so there was the sixth one, and so she was just like, "Well, we're just not going to include this one," so that way they could keep going. Right, that's exactly right. So they, she just kind of brushed that one off, took him out of the trial. And said, look, we needed this drug. It was working for Quentin. We needed this drug because Quentin's quality of life is so much better. Then they they go back and basically say, hey, look, you know what, Quentin? Lisa is responsible for this. It is possible because you were not aware of it. The company was not aware of it. We can throw Lisa under the bus. Or we can fight with 
with Colin and rebuild a new drug company. But instead, Harvey comes up with another strategy, and it's pretty brilliant. Yeah, it was where, you know, they all come together and have a meeting with Quentin and to hear his side of it. And I thought it was a great, a great thing that Harvey did and really shows a little bit more of his character towards people rather than towards winning. It did. And they they showed a video of Quentin un- being basically unable to use his right hand. The, everybody... Also, the cinematography work here and, and the, the camera work, I don't know who was behind the camera and as far as the director, but the camera work here was really good because right about that time, you see this panning you know, video of Quentin and his, you know, his right arm is, is quivering and he says, I can't, I can't use my hand, and, you show, and it shows his face, and then it comes pans down and you see the facial expressions of all those people that actually that have ALS. And as the camera pans across, it makes sure to include their hands, which a lot of them are clutched and they can't move them. And it just brought home the fact that all these people are going through exactly the same thing. And you, as a as a viewer, start to really feel for them. At least I did. Yeah, that was very, very insightful on the director's part because it just really made you feel even more a part of that scene and the situation that was going on. It really, really did. And after that, then Harvey comes back and says, look, here's the deal. We can pay you this money and this will kill a lot of people because yes, you had, you had side effects and it it wasn't fair. And Quentin actually starts talking to him, right? It's not fair that you six had side effects and I did not. But it works. The drug works. There are so many other people that it works for. And all I'm asking is that you help me figure out what's wrong so I can fix these problems. And Harvey makes the, the gesture basically of saying, we are going to propose that we give you ownership of this company as basically the settlement. We're not going to pay you out $250 million that we can't afford. We are going to make you partial owners of this company. You can benefit from the drug's success and hopefully we change the drug and you can benefit from the drug as well. Otherwise, the drug would go off the market and all these other people would die, including you, who will die anyway, right? Mm -hmm. That was Yeah, I thought that was was an amazing suggestion and deal that they were able to put on the table. It was. And here's the funny thing, right? Is that this episode went really quick for me. It was, it was these two storylines. There wasn't a lot of other hubbub. There wasn't Lewis being a snake somewhere else. There wasn't anything other than these two story and plot lines going through, right? We weren't worried about nobody flirting with anybody else. Nobody, you know what there was also, did, did you realize what you did not hear in this episode? Donna. Well, uh, aside from Donna, we also we also did not God hear. We heard none. I heard none of them. None of them. So yeah, we're, we're you are correct. That. I we're did not either. I, I yeah. So it was. Yeah. I read something recently, and we were about to finish. My wife and I are binge watching this right and we are about to finish the series finally 
I read that this is by far on the USA Network the most vulgar show, just from a from a standpoint of verbiage, that USA has ever put on the air. In terms of the wow. number, the amount of cussing that has had, that goes on in this show, I thought that was kind of funny. You know, when I watched it, uh, when I binge watched it, you know, with Netflix, I was just blown away by how many times they say goddamn and how many times they just cuss in general. I was like, this is awesome. And I, yeah, for, for it to be out on USA was, was surprising. Yes. And that's where, you know, cable TV had some changes that allowed for cussing and, and depending on what time you aired the show and all this other stuff. But anyway, we can we can get into that later because they make another change later on in the show and the show gets even even more cuss worthy. But there is one last real scene that we need to talk through, and that is where Mike is recruiting other former tenants of Kerensky's buildings to testify in court about all the abuse that they experienced living in that building. And he goes, Vivian is there. He meets with them. He discovers photographs that show that this carpet is very similar to the carpet that was in Frank's apartment. So he and Harvey go to Kerensky's home with a sample of that carpet. And as soon as Mike takes it out, and it's funny, Mike puts on gloves and plastic. And <laughs> as soon as he takes it out of the bag, Kerensky completely flips out because he knew. He knew that carpet was infested with bed bugs. Oh, absolutely. And like I was saying in the beginning of the show, he would not even step foot in that one tenant's apartment with bed bugs because he knew. And yeah. Yeah, he absolutely knew. So Mike, you know, reveals that Kerensky actually created the bed bug problem because he brought these carpets in so that he could drive the tenants out just to remodel the apartment, rent it out for a much higher price. He, you know, reuses the bed bug carpet. He installs it in another building so that he can do the same situation and profit again. Vivian is there. She knows what's up. She knows there is no other way. And they, they agree to drop it. But when Mike goes back to see Lewis, he's like, well, you know what? I won the housing. I won the housing case. Lewis is unimpressed until he comes up and says, and I got 15 other people who are going to file similar complaints. And these people are going to pay for our services. And yeah, Lewis was like, okay, now we got something. Right. And so now the thought of Lewis ratting Mike out is further from his mind. Thank goodness. I think so, too. Right. And then the, the we wrap up the episode with Mike and Rachel joking about their fake marriage status. And Mike, God love him. He puts he puts his big boy pants on and decides that he's going to ask Rachel out on a date for their fake fifth anniversary. And... No. Or Mike. Mike is, I mean, poor Mike gets completely rejected. I mean, yeah. I don't date anyone in the office, basically, is what she said. And here's the thing, though. 
It took her a little bit too long to say that, in my opinion. She looks at him for a fast two seconds and then finally says, I don't date anyone from the office. Yeah, and I started getting that, you know, because I think, honestly, when they were house hunting, apart, you know, apartment shopping, what have you, during this whole trial, that she was liking the fact that they were a couple because she, I can just tell the way that she looks at him that, you know, she likes him. And, you know, for her to take that long pause to even say, well, I don't date people from the office. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, something's about to happen. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. That's exactly what I'm thinking of as well. So, yeah. So that's, that's about it for the episode. I'm telling you, this episode really went by quickly. It was a good, you know, solid episode. There wasn't a lot to it. It was just, you know... Matter of fact, boom, 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 go through. There wasn't a whole lot of short scenes. It was a little bit different than the first three episodes because they were the scenes were a little bit longer, kind of put everything together. And we didn't have any we didn't have any other crazy storylines becoming interwoven through here. A little touch of Rachel flirting with Mike. Yeah, you know, you kinda you kinda feel like this is gonna go somewhere. But there wasn't any Harvey Donna. There wasn't really much of Lewis Harvey. There wasn't really a lot of interplay at all between the characters. A little bit of Jessica and and Harvey, but that was out of necessity because it was Jessica's ex-husband that was the client. So, yeah, that's a that's a little it's a little strange in my opinion that it kind of went so. Well, it just kind of it just kind of made me think, you know, because this was you know, just starting off and the first few episodes, there was so, so much in it, you know, here, there, here, there, and what to pay attention to, what not to pay attention to. Cause you know, everything they say later in the episode will come up again or refer to something. So I think, I don't know with this, I think if they're the director producer, maybe was trying to figure out ebb and flow of this and how to really keep, their their viewers and and so and such i don't know that's just my opinion yeah it's possible it really is and and also may just be that the show is kind of finding its finding its depth or finding its level it it the first three episodes almost felt like adhd because we were skipping around all over the place and it it very well may have been that was a different director or anything like that but i you know it, it still was enjoyable it's good we'll see what happens when we get back together next week to talk about episode number five in season number one, which is called Bailout. Not sure if that's going to be financial or not, but we'll find out next week. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Yes. Again, this will be, oh, later on in October for us. We're, we're nearing the holidays and we're going to try and push forward every week as we can. The other big news, the other big, big news, was that we have official word that there will be a new Suits series. Oh, I am so excited and cannot wait. Yes, it's not going to be the same as the old Suits, though, because it won't be able to be because it's on big NBC. So NBC has made this deal. Now, it's entirely possible they put it on Peacock. In which case, they can go ahead with the cussing and all that stuff. But if it's on big NBC, there won't be cussing because, the, you know, there, there are going to be some hells, dams, and craps because that's about all you can do. 
maybe an ass every once in a while, but there won't be any shits and fucks, that's for sure. So, I don't know. We'll see. Well, I really hope it's talk. What happened? To th- it just really adds color. I'm not entirely sure what the hell just happened to your phone, but something went. <laughs> so what? What were you saying there? I said I really hope it's on Peacock. Yes, I really love it. It's a lot more color. It does. So we'll see how that goes. And and you wonder without the original characters because there's. They, they said it was going to be in the Suits universe, but it was going to be all new characters. It's going to be in, in, in Los Angeles. What is to stop them from maybe allowing Lewis a cameo or Harvey or anything like that? I, I don't know. You know, Jessica's... Jessica... I, I, who knows? I mean, do you think we'll see any cameos at all? I, obviously, Rachel can't be in it because we're going to play the metagame here, and we know that Rachel is now busy with her Duchess duties, right? But... I mean, could the other ones make an appearance in, in L.A., you think? I would hope so, because sometimes spinoffs or, you know, anything like that, sometimes those just fall flat. But if they if the other characters make a cameo, then it might have the audience kind of waiting at the edge of their seat. Who's going to make the appearance this time? And or is it going to revolve around one of their old cases and so forth? I'd be curious to see. That would be kind of cool, especially if like something happened where McKernan Motors got into some scuffle with some you know company in in California, and and that was a good excuse to bring Harvey back or something. I don't know. Who knows? We'll 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 see what the we'll see what the winds bring us. But yeah, that that we're speculating now with about something that'll obviously be like two years down the road before they get everything settled and actually on the air. So. Who knows, maybe we'll make it through all nine seasons of Suits before that happens and we can just roll right into the new series. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. So anyway, all right. So that's about it. We'll be back next week to talk about Bailout, episode five, for case number five for us. But this is the end of case number four. So again, we really appreciate you guys coming out. If you would like to get a hold of us, you can always go to our website, getlitup.com or visit us on social media. Most of our social media platforms are all at getlitupcast. That will find us on the X and the Instagram and all the other TikTok and all that good stuff. You can find me at the Big Yoda on Twitter. You don't have Twitter, but that's okay. That's okay. And drop us a line. Give us feedback. Let us know how we're doing. That would be ideal. We did get one piece of of listener mail this week, but it was a solicitation because they think that we're gonna like monetize this because we're our, our show is so good that we need to be prepared to be able to take people's money using their credit card company. Whatever. Uh- <laughs> yeah. Good Didn't count. Didn't count. So anyway, for everybody who's been a part of this one, we will see you guys next week. Have a great night. All suits, images, likenesses, and audio is the property of USA Network, Universal Content Productions, and their respective copyright holders. All original content is the intellectual property of Studio 42 LLC. 